Welcome to the show, Today in Space. Before we start, I just wanted to, uh, especially for this year, making a, an effort to make things a little bit better around here and to communicate a little bit better with you guys. If you guys are wondering how you can support us, how you can help us grow, this is how you do it. First, follow us on social media, Today in Space Pod on Instagram or Twitter. Follow us there, like our stuff, share our stuff with people you think would like it. Uh, also, our Facebook group, Today in Space Podcast, and of course, on TikTok at Today in Space. And subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, subscribe to us on YouTube, click that bell, and make sure that you're up to date every time a new episode comes out, and share with people. Spread love, spread science. That's that's the mission here. So you can help us by doing that. And if you want to go a step further and really be a super fan and you want to help us financially, the best way to do that is to go through our Etsy store at ag3dprinting.etsy.com. We have our 3D printing lab, AG3D, where we bring ideas into reality, whether you want us to do a project for you, uh, or a business or whatever it is maybe you're in school and you've got a project you need a prototype for we do that but we also sell these products that we make that have helped us helped us in our daily life or we've gotten suggestions from you things like the ps4 stand whether you want it vertical or horizontal it gets a little more, bit more airflow for your ps4 to run a little bit quieter and a little cooler uh, there's the rocket ship phone stand, which is kind of inspired by the Starship, uh, but it, it's able to hold your iPhone, smartphone, iPad, tablet in a position, you know, tilted. You can have it on a table. I use it a lot when I'm I need to be hands free, like doing dishes or something like that. Work. And then there's things like gaming stuff. Uh, we've got the our best seller on there right now is the Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle character card stands. We've got them for all the expansion packs of that. Yes, we are nerdy here. Uh, if you didn't guess by Space Science Podcast, but all these things are out there. They're inspired by you. They're inspired by us daily life. So if you want to help support us, that's interesting to you. Go there. Check that out. That stuff helps us 3D print more things for around the podcast, for science communication, for us to explain the really complex stuff that's happening with all the rocket science that's happening today, but also helps us look for more projects down the road, uh, whether we're going to go to Boca Chica, Texas to watch a Starship launch, down to Florida for more launches down there, and to visit more people and to help spread more love and spread more science. Uh, that's the way you can help us out there. So without further ado, let's start the show. Thanks for joining us. It's 2021, and it's just as crazy as 2020, apparently. But we are in Space Race 2.0. How are we the same and different from the space race in the 60s? We'll talk about it here. NASA, SpaceX, Windshot Well, and more. And we'll tell you things you can look up to the sky and stargaze this month. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the All Things Space Podcast today in space. I am your space podcast host from the East Coast, Alex Girofanos. And it's 2021. We're... 2020 is over. We've made it. It's clearly still as crazy as 2020 was, but we're continuing. We're moving forward. I've got a lot of fun stuff for you today. We've spent some time looking at what this year is gonna is gonna unfold for us, at least from a space perspective. And we've been planning out what we're gonna do. So I appreciate your patience with us getting this first episode out a little bit later than we'd like to. But we're here. We're ready to do this. I've got a bunch of stuff to tell you about and point you in the right direction. We've got links in this week's episode, so if you want to dive further into some of these initial topics, we've got that stuff for you there. As always, you know, make sure to subscribe to us on all your favorite platforms and spread the word. We love you. Thank you for that. So let's let's start by talking about what's new, because we're really in this Space Race 2.0 era. 
you know, and just like the original Space Race, uh, there's turmoil, there's chaos, and for whatever reason, those two seem to overlap, the chaos and the space progress. We don't know why, we're not here to answer why, but it's definitely something to observe, and that's kind of what this episode is going to be about. We'll get into that a little bit later, but some of the exciting things that we can actually say uh, good things have happened in 2021. Uh, there, There's definitely some really interesting stuff that's space-related. So, to start here, you know, SpaceX started off the year. Their first launch of the year happened with Turksat 5A. That launched and landed. They're successfully showing, again, this, this reusable first-stage rocket, the Falcon 9, and its capability to provide a service for the industry. So, that's amazing. We found out more about the Axiom launch, uh, that first launch, basically the first private, you know, first launch that's fully private. It's it's funded by a private company. The people going up there are going to be supplied by a private company. There's It's still not fully confirmed, but Tom Cruise is supposed to be going up there with his director to film a movie in space on the International Space Station. So the International Space Station is slowly being used and being converted towards what ultimate goal of his transition was to be in its later years, which is a place for private industry, private enterprise. And this Axiom 1 launch is the first example of that. And SpaceX being able to do that with their Crew Dragon. So there's a lot of crazy things. Elon Musk became the richest man, surpassed Jeff Bezos. So the the eternal rivalry between those two continues. You know, Jeff Bezos bested Elon, if you will, in quotation marks, being the first reusable rocket to land successfully granted we've talked about this before those two rockets are very different but you know to to see this struggle of these two billionaires that are kind of fueling the space industry one very publicly with spacex and elon and one very privately with blue origin and jeff bezos all of those things are starting to cross over and 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 we'll, we'll talk more about that in a second but we're in a very interesting place and what I want to do is recommend two books. If you're Before we get into some stuff, I want to point you towards some astronomical events so that if you do want to look up and go outside, you can. We'll touch on that in just a second here. There's two books. If, if you want to know more about the original space race and kind of figure out, you know, what happened then? What was it like? We're at this, with Space Race 2.0, we're at this interesting point where it hasn't even really started yet right these are the first years and the the two books i would definitely recommend the first one is one i still have to get into more but uh, apollo's legacy by uh roger linus he lanius he has this amazing book apollo's legacy perspective on the moon landings it's been recommended highly i finally got it i need to break into it i'm really not that great of a reader i do a lot of audiobooks but this one has come highly, highly recommended, and the one I can definitely recommend that I've either listened to, read, or watched, because this is also um, a this is the companion book to the American Experience film on PBS. But Chasing the Moon is a great documentary, and you can watch it, which is beautiful. Um, but this book is also covers it very well. I met the creators. Uh, there was a at the Boston Library back when we could actually go out in public and meet people. Um, I actually got my book oh you can't see that there we go got it signed by the creators and i really appreciated meeting them and being a part of that discussion these two books are good places to start um so before we dive more into this in space race 2.0 let's talk about some things you can actually go outside and look at and bring your family bring yourself bring your friends and go up and look 
So, and where we're getting this from is there's this great monthly thing that JPL puts out. It's called What's Up. And basically what they're doing is telling you what's up in the sky to look for. And they go into some more detail on like where specific, specifically to look and what things, you know, if you're looking in the sky, where to look. So I'm giving you the brief thing. Look there if you want to learn more. So January 2nd, we just had perihelion. Perihelion is the point in the orbit of the Earth where we're the closest to the sun. You know, the Earth's orbit around the sun, it's not, it's not just specifically centered around the sun, right? It's, it, it's from a grand scale, if you want to teach it originally, yeah, it's a circular orbit, right? But there's a point where we're closer and there's a point where we're farther. Perihelion is when we're the closest. So we just reached that point. So happy perihelion to everybody's out there. We're still more or less still at perihelion here on the 10th as we're recording this. So happy perihelion. January 20th. If you have a pair of binoculars and you do want to go outside, you don't need necessarily a telescope, but that would definitely help. But if you have some binoculars, if you look up on January 20th, what you're looking for is Uranus. Uranus, uh, obviously we can pl make pl plenty of jokes there, but it's actually a real planet. And because it's so distant, you can't really see it with the naked eye. But with just a pair of binoculars, you can do a lot of sightseeing of the stars. So on January 20th, you're looking for the moon, the crescent moon. And then right above that is going to be Mars. And so if you look right between those two, with a pair of binoculars or your telescope, you're going to be able to see Uranus there. And then that's a that's a really interesting sight. The only thing that's gotten to Uranus and actually taken videos, other than like the Hubble Space Telescope, is Voyager 2, after it made its trip on its way out of the solar system. So that's a cool one to look for. And then at the end here of the month, the second half of January, you have a chance to catch Mercury. And just like just like the great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter that just happened at the end of the year of 2020, it's going to be low on the horizon. So it's something you're going to have to catch either early in the morning or right as the sun is going down. And it's going to be right... So you're going to need to be relatively high or have a horizon view that doesn't have much in the way. I know here, you know, we live... In the suburbs so i would need to get up on a hill i would need to go to like an airport or some place where there's nothing on the horizon getting in the way so if in the city it's gonna be really difficult to see that but you can find yourself outside in a much in a kind of an open area around sunset or sunrise you'll be able to catch that so those are your two your two chances to really find some interesting stuff here in january we're going to try and do this more every month give you um what to look for as we get a lot of recommendations for for you know astronomical events what what can i look up for what what can i be what can i get excited for especially if you have kids or family or friends that like to hang outside i know i could do a much better job of being outside those are some great great things to do we'll try and do that and this month we're going to we're going to try and talk about some big ideas this one of course being the space race 2.0 where are we today how does it relate to relate to the last space race what can we learn from that next month in february is all mars so pretty much the entire month of february we're going to be discussing mars we've got three different missions actually making it to mars in february of course we've got the the perseverance rover and in the ingenuity copter landing so we'll be trying to do either a live react or you know a reaction video or a live hangout where we actually are watching that or watching it for our first time and we can watch it with you guys we're going to do that over at our facebook page today in space podcast so if you aren't already go over there like the page follow us and that way you'll be updated when we do go live for that or, or we'll at least let you know when we're getting ready for it so let's transition 
this month to the Space Race 2.0, right? You've probably heard it way too much, but some crazy stuff has already happened. We're, we're, and 2020 was already a crazy year. So there's a lot of chaos around us. We're seeing a lot of the same things that we saw in the original Space Race, especially from a civil rights perspective, and uh, all the, as I say it again, chaos that's around us. For whatever reason, it's been my observation that we're seeing the same type of thing where space progress doesn't seem to happen in the time where things are going well and we've potentially got the time and the money and the effort to make it happen you know the last 20 years of the space program here has been in a drought up until recently you know we in the last five and to even 10 years was ago was a very different place and five years ago from a space perspective on a global level never mind the u.s was a very different time than we are in now and so why is it that massive space progress seems to happen when the world is in turmoil again i don't have an answer for that it's an interesting thing to look at and look back on that it happened obviously we had the assassination of jfk and so many other civil leaders there was chaos there was just nobody could trust what truth was and we went through the 60s really having a crazy time especially in the u.s we're obviously seeing the same thing right now and so what can we do you know I, there's going to be a resurgence of the idea of why are we spending money on a space program when the money could be used elsewhere that is an idea that has come up before but i would still and and this is still my answer um and who knows it may change but having a space program where you can allow people the opportunity to not only escape from the chaos of the everyday world but to hope for something new and something better and and to literally get off the planet uh, that idea of creating a new world, a new life on another planet is intriguing now, especially with how chaotic it is here. And there's a lot to be excited for in, as far as space progress is concerned. SpaceX is obviously the big player here, um, but SpaceX isn't the only one. You know, NASA's SLS, the Space Launch System, is really finally in its in its final stages of getting out there. And, and with everything that SpaceX has... The SLS is really the the pure hybrid of being able to travel the solar system, whether it's human beings or actual interplanetary missions. So it's going to be able to provide a lot of options, not only for launches to the moon, for Artemis, and to sustain that next step so that we can create this space economy and create a reliable way that's available to people to not only launch human beings to and from Earth, but also to launch smaller missions on board. Um, the amount of energy you have with the space launch system to get out of orbit and to enter different parts of the solar system is more than we've ever had, but it has taken a very, very long time. The ability to have private companies like SpaceX and Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic from, from a tourism perspective and even an Axiom where you know we're going to be sending people into space to film movies all of it's, all these things are possible because of this combination of private and public funding for space programs. There is definitely a lot to be hopeful for, and we really do expect to see a lot of good things happening in space coming coming here in 2021. We've again we've we've looked at the whole year, so we're we're really looking forward to adding a little focus to this podcast so that we can really talk about the things that are happening 
and give us a little bit more time to prepare for it too so we can really dive into these topics and, and, and provide you some more value really for, for you know the fact that you're taking time out of your day to listen to us we appreciate that tremendously so tremendously <laughs> that's not a word tremendously uh, so obviously if you have any other ideas for topics we would love to cover those so uh, a bunch of you have already been reaching out whether it's like through messaging on Facebook or whatever it is um, but feel free anytime to email us at todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com with anything that you think would be good on the show that you think would be good for us to cover Especially if you have any questions, we're, we're here for that. And one of the things we talked about why Space Race 2.0 that we're going through right now is kind of the same, you know, the, the kind of what's going around the world with the chaos that happened in the last Space Race. There's a lot that's really different in this new Space Race, and it's this idea of reusability. Obviously, SpaceX brought that idea and spent billions of dollars developing the technology like the Falcon 9 to make that possible. They're now using that with the starship uh to to continue that idea to bring not only a faster development cycle to developing technology to go into space right which they've done a tremendous job at showing that the aerospace industry does not have to be this big clunky slow moving machine you can actually make things as fast as you did back in the apollo era without necessarily needing a, a giant national defense budget to do that where everyone's hope is around, we need to do this because the other people will get to the moon and drop bombs on us, right? You don't necessarily need that kind of incentive to develop quickly and, and get into space faster. So that's one of the great things SpaceX is doing. And that idea of reusability is really uh, seeping into uh, other places around the world. You know, the space race, luckily, doesn't require different countries potentially going at war with each other. So you've got countries like India, which is also going through their own chaos, uh, but they're also, they just released their plan for, for the next decade of using reusable rocket technology. And it, it, reusable rocket technology was not something that was readily available um, or even something that was considered a real thing to, to pursue. And that, that came down from big organizations like NASA who, who were looking at it as, this there's just so much money you got to spend and in the end what's the point you you won't you're going to lose the ability to you know you're going to lose the amount of energy that you can put behind an object into space because you've got to use that extra fuel to then land back but nobody ever put it into practice and SpaceX took that time to do that and they're reaping the rewards and one of the interesting things that I was reading, and this article is available if you want to dive more into it because there's a lot of good, but SpaceX's president and COO, Gwynne Shotwell, mentioned that it's, it's easier to sell reused rockets, flight-proven rockets, now than it was to sell them the brand new rocket that no one had ever flown on before. And this is something that's at the, the crux of the space industry you know as as going through school as an aerospace engineer flight proven hardware was the dogma it was the the thing that everyone lived and died by so that if if you wanted to fly something into space when we were developing uh, missions like we had to develop a mission to mars um, to go you know whether it was research something on the planet itself we had to design a mission using excel sheets and all these crazy things and lots of math uh, to design our spacecraft and one of the things that we had to do was only choose flight-proven hardware, stuff that had flown in space before. But the conundrum that 
was there, this is what, 10 years ago? 10 years ago, the conundrum was, well, we've got all this flight hardware, we've got this library of stuff that's flown at space before, and then we've got all these other developmental stuff that would be nice, but people were not choosing those things that didn't fly into space. And so how do you make something a flight-proven hardware without spending the money? And what the problem was is that a lot of the space industry was driven by public funding, by taxpayer money, and by these big contracts that were given. And there was no way to really fast-track something that could have been useful to you to become flight-proven so that someone would be comfortable flying it into space. And that's what brings us to what Gwen Shotwell was talking about. You know, everything that has made SpaceX successful, that has, that has made them the powerhouse that they are today, yes, the brilliance of Elon Musk and, and the fact that he started the company and put every bit of the money that he made from PayPal and his other ventures to make to, to push SpaceX past that third launch of the Falcon 1 so they could actually get into orbit. Yes, he's a, he's a major piece of that. And obviously all the brilliant engineers and scientists that are involved in SpaceX and the teamwork that they did with NASA to now have a reusable rocket like the Falcon 9 and to get through the Crew Dragon to be qualified by NASA so that they're sending humans into space. But the thing that's really not discussed enough and I would love to have you on, Gwen, if, if you have the time to come on the podcast and talk more about this. But having her leading the charge behind the scenes with the people in the company, developing the culture inside the company that's needed to get through all the crazy stuff that they're doing. I mean, these engineers are working day in, day out, and dealing with the operations, dealing with the day-to-day, the people, is definitely not Elon's strength. So the fact that they've been able to keep these people, these brilliant engineers, some of the smartest people around the entire world, especially in our country, that is due to Gwen Shotwell. She's also the person that has gone out and made these sales with all these places to get them to buy technology that was not flight proven. Only to get them to this point where we are in 2021 and 2020, which was their best year ever, 26 flights of a Falcon 9, which is, which is a lot of launches for a space company and to do that during a pandemic that took the trust that was put with someone like when shotwell to go and make those sales and find those sales and now they're actually having an easier time launching aboard rockets that have already been flown which is not a thing that's existed before you know every time a rocket would launch it was a it was a brand new rocket so now we've entered this new era where the space industry is accepting a used rocket because it's been flight proven and that as as someone that was <laughs> learning aerospace that 10 years ago literally couldn't have happened but that's only happened because of people like Winshotwell that have that have pushed this industry this aerospace industry to think differently and it, it wasn't just that the engineers and everything behind it had to work but they succeeded. SpaceX was able to do that, and they've now changed the industry in such a way that they can jump on this flight-proven uh, religiousness, which, which makes sense, right? You don't want to spend millions of dollars, right, to launch something into space only to have it blow up, and then you lose all that money, right? There's there's insurance policies for these launches. Like, it's 
it's definitely not something we can skip over and just say, well, why don't they just do that? Because there's a lot of people online, especially the SpaceX hardcores, that are just behind this idea of of SpaceX. But there is another side to this, right? This is a very expensive venture. This is a an investment that takes millions of dollars that invest into a company like like geo geocommunication right or geolocation right uh, starlink is a great example of giving internet to people around the world right where you're not limited by can we just build a structure you know a, a cell phone tower or a reception tower you know what if you don't have the money to do that but maybe you have the money to invest into a program where you can launch a satellite right which then gives you global access but then what is the reliability of the thing launching that up there? And that's where SpaceX had to get through this, this, this 10, 12 years. Um, you know, Gwen Shotwell was, was with the company in 2002, the very, very early days. And what is this, 19 years now? They're at this point where they can get people to believe in their technology. And not only that, People are now, the people that are investing in sending their stuff into space are actually saving money on these launches because SpaceX can now offer that because they're, they're, they only have to refurbish and maybe replace a few parts on these rockets instead of building a completely new one, which is game changing. And with this Space Race 2.0, that is going to be a major factor in how they survive the wave of interest with space, right? We saw that with the space shuttle. We saw that with this idea of funding, about being only strapped to the idea that political funding and tax money is the only thing that's going to be able to fund your space projects. It's not unheard of to see that funding in space from a public level could diminish in the next few years. The world is still dealing with a pandemic. We're only just getting the vaccines out there and distributed. We don't know how long it's going to be before the world goes back to normal. So things like a space program, it's not unheard of to say that the funding may diminish. So how does the space industry, aerospace, deal with that? And having a reusable rocket, having something you can offer people that is providing the company itself more and more profit, SpaceX is uniquely suited towards going through the hard times that will inevitably come once this interest in space will unfortunately die at some point, although I wish it would just keep continuing forward. You have to definitely look and step back and say, at some point, all this money that's coming to the space program, like NASA, is, is going to diminish. How do you get through that? Having a way to build your own revenue as a company like SpaceX is super important and to see countries like india to, you know jumping on this reusable spacecraft or usable rocket idea is is going to enable all of the the space you know industries or or space uh, organizations to survive longer droughts of having funding so, I mean, Russia's already talking about theirs. I know the European Space Agency is also talking about theirs um, and, and, and developing the technology. And we're only at the very beginning of this. And so I hope that this continues and this goes forward. But all I have to say is people like Gwen Shotwell are the reason that we're at this point because she drove a culture inside of the company that made people want to strive for a 
interplanetary mission, right? To to go out there to to bring people onto Mars, to have a goal that's bigger than just, you know, let's launch three missions a year. Let's launch four missions a year. They're they're always developing new and interesting ideas on how they can sell uh sending stuff into space. Um so it's been it's been a real joy to look at that and that's something that as we as we start the year is something to look forward to and to see how the industry adjusts to what I hope doesn't happen, but what is possible that funding and economies may start to buckle, may start to have a hard time this year. And being suited with reusability is going to be very, very powerful for that. So those are my thoughts. Um, I, thank you for joining me this week. Uh, as always, you know, make sure to reach out to us on all our social media platforms, Stay in Space Pod on Instagram and Twitter, Today in Space Podcast on our Facebook page for all our live stuff, and of course Today in Space on TikTok for some ideas, from some short segments, and, and just for some fun. So check us out there. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and of course on our YouTube page, hit that bell, hit that like button, so that you can make sure you get every new episode, and it also helps us spread the word and grow. And that's it, folks. Thank you for joining us. Be well, stay safe, and and stay sharp. Keep your mind sharp. Do what you have to do to clear your mind, and, and, and if you need a little escape from the chaos, do that. Whether it's playing a video game, reading a book, do it. Keep yourself healthy. That's it. Spread love, spread science. Be good. We'll see you next week.